Carefree Black Nerd is available on iTunes and SoundCloud and carefreeblacknerd.com. Please rate and review on iTunes, like, share, and comment on SoundCloud. Of course, let's keep this conversation going. Stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky. Yeah, that's that. Welcome to the Carefree Black Nerd Podcast, a conversation about the importance of representation in comics and related media. I'm your host, Rain Coleman, and this is the issue that covers bling. Let's start. Uh, Bling is a fictional character. She is a mutant, a human mutant, appearing in comic books, mainly Marvel comics. Uh, she attended the Xavier Institute of Higher Learning, or whatever <laughs> description they have now, um, before its closing, and is a member of the X-Men's training squad. Um, Bling's first appearance was in the X-Men Volume 2, number 171 this was back in 2005 so in publication history she's about 11 or 12 years old now which is um a pretty big deal um with both um dc and marvel comics there's a lot of characters who are in the forefront now who have been around maybe just in the last 10 11, 12, 15 years or so, which is not that old for a comic book character. Considering you have people like Superman who've been around since like the 60s, I believe, or characters from the 80s and whatnot. Um, with doing research for this particular issue, um, Bling is a is a mm, Bling is a very interesting character, uh, which you'll see all my reasons why while I go through this, but right off the bat she is the product of um two hip-hop artists and um with the presidential election everything under our belt and everything being how it is now going forward in america um i i thought that was um i thought that, i thought she was worth discussing now mainly because um a lot of times you'll see hip-hop is used like i was just watching the um, series Shameless and I noticed that it's a problematic show I enjoy it Um, it's kind of a guilty pleasure but whenever you want to um, emphasize that there is criminal activity that there's a thug element or that something is bad a lot of times the default is to go towards hip-hop and that's something that's also utilized in that show and for this to be a character that's kind of born out of hip-hop and be this hero not that Blink is the face of hip-hop in the marvel universe but just with her origin story being one of a child of that era i think that's a powerful thing that gets overlooked at times because um, then when you look at this newest breed of the uh, of young hip hop girls, and I don't mean the artists, I mean like the children of artists in the entertainment industry who mainly do black centric music, like Jay Z and Beyonce with Blue Ivy. And you have Chris Brown with his daughter Royalty, um, Kanye West and Kim Kardashian with their um, with their daughter Northwest. And I don't know, it's not that 
the two are directly tied to one another, but it was something that I couldn't help but kind of um, linger on while doing this this uh, this particular issue, because a lot of comics are the action, fighty, school group, whatever. Then there is like sports comics and mangas and things like that. But to think focusing on hip hop outside of like the hip hop family tree comic that I've um that I found I don't see a lot that even deals with um deals with hip hop as more than just background for saying, oh this is the black part of the story. And uh I, I feel the same with Bling. I don't feel like it's highlighted enough, uh, but I do feel like between her and the inhuman Mosaic, who is a black guy who is a professional NBA player, um, those are the only two that I know right off the top of my head where the urban hip-hop um, millennial type of black culture is kind of infused in their origins and is important if not maybe in the long run at least in the very beginning and um i don't know it's it's something there something that i can't put my finger on but it's something there and i wish they would explore that more with her uh let's see um bling she was created by peter milligan and salvador la roca her actual name is Roxanne Washington, and of course, everyone gets their nickname, so they um, most people call her Roxy, which is very appropriate considering that Roxy, Bling, is a mutant whose bone marrow produces diamond-hard shards, which protrude from her body as spikes and covers her body in a crystal-like substance. She is able to expel these shards from her body at high speeds like... Um, like shooting a bullet out of a gun or shooting an arrow. Um, the substance which covers her body gives her resistance to injury and makes her very durable and strong. Uh, that being said, Roxy, through all my research, I have not found a picture of her in human form. Um, although she is African-American, all of the images I found of her have been... She looks like... Uh, how do I describe it? Picture a human form, like a woman. She has the silhouette of a, of a human, but her body is covered in bone. And that's another thing that, forgive me for not even getting this down to the T, but in the very beginning, the pictures of her were of a pink bone substance and later on as she's written and drawn more it's more of a crystallized diamond whitest soft like sky blue white color that's important I feel because I, I can't make the distinction um, to see if that's either just something due to the right the, um, the illustrator's choice or if that's specifically how she's supposed to be drawn but she looks like stone she looks like hard rock or concrete even though she does retain her human female form um she there's a character in the marvel universe whose name is moro um she is a mutant and oh, this was like back in the late 90s early 2000s where she was around and she's that kind of there in the same vein of using your bones um as part of your mutation she um 
As I said, with her being the product of hip-hop, Roxy is the daughter of the celebrity couple Roy Daddy Libido Washington and Angel Sexy Mother Dupreeze. That... <laughs> I, I'm not going to spend much time on this, but this is clearly hip-hop from the eyes of a white person. Daddy Libido? What kind of name is that? Sexy Mother... Like, I mean, I get it. I guess you're trying to be more inclusive in creating characters. Or maybe it was just, hey, uh, we don't have a, a character that's steeped in hip-hop, so let's create her. But these two are um, supposedly both popular hip-hop artists in the Marvel Universe. The first time I've noticed, I don't know, hip-hop in the Marvel Universe was with the Luke Cage series on Netflix last October. That could be me having an oversight if so please tweet me email me or let me know some uh well actually well actually hip-hop was here and hip-hop was there but i don't i think it's cute or whatever that they are both staples in hip-hop in the marvel universe but it goes back to what i say about every single black character who i discuss where are these people it's <laughs> Give these people some shine. Like, I, I want to know who is Daddy Libido and who is Sexy Mother and what hits do they have? What concerts do they perform? Where have there been mutants and inhumans and Avengers who may have been at their one of their concerts or in the studio with them or just, I don't know, saving them from somebody? Like, that's... With these people being established, a lot of the times the side characters are pretty good characters who, um, you know, help flesh out the world that the the book is trying to create where is daddy libido <laughs> what's his hit single is it i want to sex you up like <laughs> daddy libido um but uh anyways uh, roxy excuse me she appeared in her parents rap videos from a very young age um which made her the target of a lot of would-be kidnappers and assassins with that little piece of information i have not found any more than that like it'd be nice i'd like to find a story where this is explored like because for a woman who is a black woman who seems to have a lot of marks against her she is uh a woman she is black she is mutant um and then she doesn't have the privilege of presenting as a um traditional human like a lot of characters like and I, when i say that for those who don't know if you look at um, Jean Grey, if you look at Storm, if you look at Cyclops, these are people who appear to be human. Not It's not until they use their abilities that you can tell that they are um, different. But the mutants who can't um, hide their, who don't have the privilege of appearing human are uh, characters like Beast, like Nightcrawler. They are blue skin, blue fur. They don't appear human. They, they look empty anthropomorphic where they have a human form but they are clearly not human she's in that latter category of a black woman mutant who does not appear human so i mean the amount of hate that mutants are have supposedly gotten since the 60s or since their inception um with them being a stand-in for civil rights issues it's i feel like it's failed a lot of characters who you can actually explore that more with and Roxy is one of those characters because over the time a lot of stuff is just now action and stories and events and whatnot. but there's not a lot of 
I feel focused on the basics, which was the mutants being a stand in for marginalized groups. And she fits that to the T. And yet she's just a, I don't know. She's, she's not, she's not given that weight that I feel like other characters get. Um, which is sad. I actually first learned about Blink um, when I returned to comics after my like 10 year hiatus. Um, I think I was reading like Generation Hope or some some story where like, ugh, and here I go with this horrible memory. I think maybe Jubilee was a headmaster at the school or at least helping out. And Bling was on this new group with maybe four or five other students, but they were in a boarding school that was full of kids. It was, I don't know, it wasn't... The stories that I was reading her in, they were boring to me. And so I kind of stepped away from that again and returned to the old issues that I had missed over the last 10 years. Um, but Roxy, after they uh, said she was targeted by kidnappers and everything else she was determined not to follow in her parents footsteps so she turned her back on the music industry when she became a teenager and she enrolled um, as a student in the Xavier Institute under the tutelage of Gambit now I, I her mutant powers manifested at puberty but I can't again I'm not finding anything that says because I think this is very important and I'm hoping that I made the um, mistake and I overlooked it and that is not the case that it just hasn't been addressed but Roxy like I said before appears in this rock stone diamond form and she's a product of the music industry so there is a disconnect from where puberty happened and she manifested her mutant powers and then her leaving the music industry because I can't for the life of me imagine that even if people are okay with mutants in this hip-hop community and where she is that there wouldn't be an issue or a backlash or some type of conflict with her transforming from a traditional traditionally human black girl to this kind of monstrous diamond form so for them for me to go from she's a product of the hip hop industry um she was the target of different kidnappers and then determined not to follow in her parents footsteps there's a gap of time that's missing there that like i said i'm hoping i just overlooked or some kind of way misread because that that doesn't even fall in line with the marvel history that's been established since mutants have been around I don't know. Maybe it doesn't bother the writers or whoever's reading it, but that is a that's an issue for me, especially with this being a black character, um, and mutants being a stand-in for the black plight in this country. There is something missing there that I wish was addressed. If there is something that's addressed, and you're a listener who knows this little gap of history, please let me know because I didn't find anything that would support this at least five-year gap um now she enrolls in the xavier institute under gambit now of course um gambit is a mutant he has the ability to mentally create control and manipulate kinetic energy to his desire um he's also incredibly knowledgeable and skilled in card throwing hand-to-hand combat and the use of a staff 
Um, he is known to charge playing cards and other objects with his kinetic energy, using them as explosives. Now, um, when I say Gambit, I imagine that everyone knows who it is, but if not, Gambit um, is one of, one of the main characters in the 1992 animated series, uh, The X-Men. There's mm, not much really to focus on there, um, but a little bit more backstory on him. He was part of the Thieves Guild before becoming a member of the X-Men. Um, with that history, um, a few X-Men, very few rather, very few X-Men trusted him when he joined the group. This was a constant source of stress between him and his on-again, off-again, love interest rogue. That's not... Um, that's not really the focus here, but again, for anyone who does, who didn't know or doesn't know who Gambit is, that's him in a nutshell. Um, while she's at the Institute, Roxy carries a strong academic record and responsibility and is more interested in improving herself and her mutant abilities rather than participating in the social conflict between humans and mutants, that which is pretty much the through line between mostly all X-Men and mutant books. Um, while she was on Gambit's squad, she, um, let me see, while she was on Gambit's squad, they were called <laughs> the Chevaliers, um, which probably should be said with a French or Creole accent, but, uh, <laughs> I'm not even going to butcher that. Uh, she was forced to deal with the arrival of a new student, Fox, um, this girl, and her infatuation with the, with their squad instructor. Despite being attracted to Fox herself, Bling's attraction to Fox um, is a very important milestone in comics and in X-Men comics specifically because this indicates that Bling is bisexual. This was confirmed in X-Men 198 File Handbook. This is important because, again, this is another tier of... I want to say a pressure of this is something else that gives us an eye into this very rich character but it's also another notch on the belt of the things that are stacked against her this is a black female queer mutant who does not have the privilege of appearing human that's like five things against her already and she's like what 16 at this time i believe um, well, Bling's attraction towards Fox ends after Fox is revealed to be the shape-shifting mutant Mystique who was attempting to sabotage Gambit and Rogue's relationship. Um, again, for those of you who don't know, Mystique is the blue-skinned, shape-shifting woman um, who appears in all of the X movies played by, um, what's that girl? Cagnus. Jennifer something or other. Um, she's also Rogue's adopted foster mother, so... There's that again. This isn't that big a deal, but it's part of Bling's like story arcs. Um, M Day. Now that takes us to M Day. Bling retained her powers after M Day. Um, and M Day, for those of you who don't know, is an event in which the Scarlet Witch, who is the daughter of Magneto and the twin sister of Quicksilver, she cast a spell, a magic spell, depowering over ninety percent of the mutant population. Now, um. I can't remember because that M Day was the first trade or the first kind of serious book I picked up when I returned to comics because I went to my uh, comic dealer and I was like, okay, I've been gone for quite some time. I'm trying to get caught up on the X Men. Where should I start? And there was a thick trade of um, 
M Day sitting on the counter. He was like, "Man, this is you might as well start here." And he gave me a couple other books, but M Day stood out to me because it was one of the. Even though I've said I don't like events, it was one of the events that I felt like held a lot of weight. And coming out of the event, it still had consequences and repercussions for the universe. It wasn't one of those events where, okay, we're going to fight, we're going to act the fool, we're going to let this go out over nine or ten issues, and then everything is set back. It's like as if nothing ever happened, which is kind of what Secret Wars did. Secret Wars was like a nine, I think it was supposed to initially be seven, it ended up being nine issues of a line-wide event that did have ramifications, but they're so few and far between because within Secret Secret Days, Secret Wars was Battle World and a host of other different like patchwork places in the Marvel Universe, but now if you go into a comic book shop not knowing anything about Secret Wars and pick up a book, you won't see any effects of Secret Wars. Not anything major. So, um, I thought, I don't know. That's why I liked M-Day. But when um, Scarlet Witch depowered all of these mutants, Bling was one of the ones who retained her powers. And that has me thinking, like, is that because she was a newer character and she was just like easier to write or is it um because i never understood why depowering these mutants was it to get the mutant population under control on like a publication aspect not like in the books themselves but just to kind of get a handle on okay we've been around since the 60s there are way too many mutants who we don't have track of let's kind of get it down to let's say 500 and work from there I assume that's what it is, but then that's just speculation because I don't know for sure. Um, <clears throat> later on, Bling assists Havoc. Havoc is um, Cyclops' younger brother. She assists Havoc's squad when O-N-E. O-N-E is a squad of government-run Sentinels, so um, those big giants that attack mutants. She uh, Bling assists Havoc in protecting the remaining mutant population after M-Day. Who were seeking refuge at the Institute. She is also called upon to assist the senior X-Men teams when Apocalypse returns. So like <laughs> this girl's life up to this point has been like once she turned her back on that hip hop <laughs> and enrolled in school, it was just like nonstop action and violence it, on a global massive scale. It wasn't just things little villain of the week, bank robbers or baby killers it's like apocalypse depowered mutants freaking just these cataclysmic horrible horrible issues and that makes me think with the marvel universe being set up how it is if she ever looked around at all these because the majority are white all these white mutants like these niggas how did they better stay in i don't know back in whatever hip-hop country or distinction they have at marvel some whatever that is but just look around so if i if i had just stayed my black ass as a recording artist or whatever she was going to do with uh daddy libido and mama sugar whatever her mama's name is she wouldn't have these problems but <laughs> but anyways um despite being a highly recommended um soldier by rogue 
and by Havoc, uh, and having been offered a position on the new X-Men squad, Roxy revealed that although she had a knack for field missions, she is intimidated by the idea of becoming a full-time X-Men member. She felt uneasy about all the danger involved, which went back to my assessment. Yeah, these motherfuckers get into a lot of shit. Uh, You can... Like, what happened to just learning about your powers and learning how to maneuver without all this constant threat of apocalypse and shield and everybody else trying to kill you? But that's the thing that I like about this character. She is, um, she's a woman. She isn't defined by love of some man. She isn't defined by, even now that it's um, revealed that she's bisexual, she's not even driven by the love of some woman. She's her own person. Um she also isn't like every other character that seems to be written where once they discover they're a mutant oh i want to be an x-men and that's like a lot of their arc or a lot of their interaction is being at the uh at one of the x schools and becoming an x-men whereas with her she isn't even human plat excuse me human passing she doesn't appear to be human she is obviously a mutant and even with that she isn't she doesn't feel ridiculed to the point where she loses herself as she's she wants to become an X-Men as default because, oh, this is the only place I can feel home, which even though it probably wasn't written, says to me that this woman was instilled with a lot of confidence from her parents and her surroundings and her upbringing. She's very much, even though she's uneasy about the danger involved with being an X-Men, she's very much confident in the person who she is um despite her issues with her bisexuality despite her issues with being a mutant and learning to control her powers um she is still roxy washington she is still herself she isn't this scared teenager who needs to default to being with the x-men in order to feel included and like she belongs she's pretty much defying stereotypes especially in a comic book where they kind of highlight them again x-men are supposed to be the stand-in for marginalized groups for the civil rights era um of in america for people who are socially um oh not subhuman jesus who are socially um not as respected as cisgender white men and as those who deem to be traditionally attractive i.e european looking um i just i just i really like that she is she's a queer african-american woman who isn't human passing she has no privilege in that regard she's been proven to be completely capable and actually be an asset to every field team she has been on she's received high recommendations from um, from several X-Men, like legendary legacy X-Men members, and she just walked away from it all because that's not something that she wants. It's, it wasn't some, um, oh, well, my family is all this crime and all this murder, all this black-on-black crime. I got to go and protect my family. Or it isn't, oh, the woman I love or the man I love is in danger and I need to be with them. Her walking away from that was her own choice. It wasn't motivated by some outside force. It was just like, look, I'm good at what I do, yeah, but that doesn't mean I need to be here. Like, y'all are in some shit every other week. You can't get five days worth of consistent sleep without being attacked by something. Um, but yeah, but that's what I really, I really enjoyed 
when I um, was going through reading about her because I mean hell when have you ever seen a story be it in a comic or mainly on television or in the movies where someone just walked away from being an X-Men like that's the coveted top spot when it comes to mutants in the Marvel Universe um let me see I think that really speaks volumes to her and that's what I'd like to see more of her because man that Roxy is a good ass interesting character who I think every <laughs> everyone should know about um but within all this she also contemplated leaving the institute with her fellow student Onyx uh for fear that the O&E sentinels who the government sentinels um would return would be ordered to return to the school and um the grounds will be turned into a mutant internment camp which I think is again speaks to how smart this girl is and how observant she is because again she's capable we've proven that she has high recommendations she has great grades both in combat and um academically she doesn't want to be a part of the school and she contemplates leaving because as any smart person would think well i'm at this school i'm learning about my mutant powers and it seems that every couple days we're attacked by something we were just attacked by these gigantic sentinels who are designed specifically to kill us by the government i think i'm probably going to leave like i'm good here because staying here although me being out in california or new york or hawaii or wherever i can probably be attacked by something me staying here with a high concentration of mutants at a school that's constantly attacked already yeah the chances of this becoming some type of internment camp or some um I don't know, some ground zero for a mass slaughter yet again it's very high this isn't an unreasonable thing and i'm thinking like i can't remember in the history of reading comics where someone has come to that conclusion now i'm sure it's out there somewhere and i just can't remember or i don't know but when have you ever heard somebody say well i do got this mutant power and y'all are pretty interesting characters but you motherfuckers get attacked too goddamn much i don't want to be here like i'll do better staying at a hotel or in the shelter because clearly staying here i'm guaranteed to die <laughs> and I, just thought, I think that's so funny um and it's the the black girl was like uh this ain't for me this is not for me uh let me see where I lean off oh yeah okay so um out of all of m day and then that's the other thing with m day having happened by this point and the mutant population going down to going down 90 percent now that we have these sentinels that are specifically designed to attack us our numbers are smaller not to say somebody else need to be sacrificed in order for us to live but if you had a thousand mutants and they went down to just 15 or 20 and these machines are guaranteed they are designed to attack you they're gonna find that 20 <laughs> and you're guaranteed to be dead uh, it's just <laughs> oh man she seems to be the only one in that school who had common sense um excuse me however uh roxy and onyx they decided to stay at the school um bling is among the students who were captured by belasco and limbo during his attempt to locate iliana rasputin uh belasco is an ancient evil sorcerer serving the elder gods and is um known best for his kidnapping of iliana 
Ilana Rasputin. Blaskon looks like a demon. I think he was created back in 84 or something. But back when um, Ileana Rasputin was part of the New Mutants back in the 80s, he... Um, and don't chew my head off if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm going back in my memories, and I, I know I don't have it as exact. But he kidnapped her, brought her to Limbo, and was trying to become the leader because I think she was the leader of Limbo. It's it's a history that I probably will never get into because none of these characters are characters of color. But I, I think it's worth mentioning. Um but and Limbo is like a hell dimension um, and then Ileana Rasputin is a mutant who can teleport um, she's also a sorcerer and she's a member slash leader of the current X-Men an extraordinary X-Men and um, also she's the younger sister of the X-Men Colossus that's kind of all you need to know for this issue um, Bling is returned to the school after Belasco is defeated when the school is shut down and the X-Men disbanded after the events of the Messiah Complex. Uh, hmm, let me see, Messiah Complex. In short, it was a storyline where um, the climax of the events set into motion the House of M. So this ties kind of directly into what I was saying before, where she was one of the characters who retained their powers after 90% of the mutants were depowered. Um this this um this storyline messiah complex defined the direction of the x-men franchise for the next several years um the storyline's main plots involved the birth of the first child with an x-gene since scarlet witch depowered everyone um this birth sparked a race between the x-men the marauders the alkalites the reavers the purifiers and predator x to see who would find the child first um if you're interested I'd say those are probably worth checking out. Um, it's not really important past that brief description here. The X-Men then, after all of this, moved to San Francisco, set up a new base in California. Bling followed, and she rejoined the school. Uh, she was helping to control the rioting surrounding Proposition X, which was a um, legislator attempting to limit mutant reproduction. Uh, it was being pushed by Simon Trask and his anti-mutant group, the Humanity Now Coalition. And when have we seen that before? Um, I think in X2, it was kind of a... It was like the cure for mutants. Um, and then we've... Um, Jesus, there's like two other storylines that is not coming to mind. But, um, yeah that's that during the final fight on utopia which is like this big rock island thing off the coast of california that the mutants are living in their mutant only um utopia essentially uh bling takes up excuse me teams up with frenzy and necrine necrine n-e-k-r-a-i-n um and taking on miss marvel uh, let me see. Shortly after that, Bling appeared in a storyline involving Implate. Uh, Implate is a mutant vampire who first appeared as the big bad in the Generation X series in the mid-90s. Everyone know how much I love Generation X, so of course I was excited to get to this portion in our studies. Implate, um, he's able to feed on mutant bone marrow to, um, just to remain in this dimension. Um, as a result, he can also duplicate the power of the mutant he's fed on for a limited time. This is important because, of course, he's feeding on bone marrow, 
with a better snack or a better prisoner than somebody who is completely bone marrow um like bling <laughs> everybody living on utopia is warned to stay close together and to report anything out of the ordinary roxy she was sick of watching um rockslide and helion fool around and whatever else they were doing she went to go check out this amphitheater where onyx her old friend she was going to leave school with warns her not to go alone uh but says she says she okay i'll stay in sight whatever you'll see me while looking out into the water she notices a lighthouse which suddenly starts moving towards the shore before disappearing after it re- reappeared behind her she is pulled in and greeted by none other than Implate, <laughs> who who tells her <laughs> dinner is served because of course she's the most ideal candidate for the bone marrow vampiric mutant killer <laughs> um after being held as his prisoner roxy uh she attempted to fight back against him only to fail which is i don't um which for all the ac- the accolades she's received and all the high marks i think this is kind of right on brand with her because she's completely bone so although she may be able to fight back when you're going up against someone who feeds off of the very thing that you are I can see her losing that battle. Because at first I thought about it, I was like, well, if she's such a good field agent, why did she lose? But again, if you're a human and you fight someone who literally touching your flesh can drain the energy from you, that's you'd lose that fight too. You know what I'm saying? So um, I don't think this should be held against her because <laughs> she she did her best and and, uh, and she held her own and... Uh, Ain't nobody gonna whoop her ass. <laughs> um, but in played, of course. But no, she uh, she attempted to fight back. She failed. But of course, Rogue shows up to save her. Um, after a long battle that destroys his home and briefly anchors him to the X Men's plane of existence, uh, in played, they then drove him away. Later, during a conversation with Surge, Mercury, and Trance, whoever they are, Roxy reveals that she has a, tr- a crush on Rogue, which was the whole reason we kind of mentioning rogue from the beginning is that um that's one thing i like about roxy is that she has these crushes like she has on rogue i think she had one on eliana rasputin as well but unlike other characters she has these crushes on these on these women but it never affects her performance it never becomes her sole motivating factor like Yes, she was saved by Rogue. She's had constant interaction with Rogue. She's attracted to Rogue, but never does she change who she is to um, to kind of be to become what she think Rogue wants. She never um, she never changes her focus from just being her and improving and improving on her mutant powers. She never changes it to oh well, let me be part of a team that Rogue's on. Let me be near Rogue. I want to be around her. I want to do what she wants. She never becomes this character who is motivated by anything but her own desires. And I think that is such a that is such an angsty teenage powerful thing to to write in with this character because so often it's easy to just say um give that whole like little mermaid complex where oh you see somebody you like you're instantly in love and now your whole entire arc becomes being available to that person like i I really (laughs) i like that i think there's a good lesson to be learned there 
stay on on path and do your own thing and if you got a crush have it speak on it if they don't return the affection move on and keep going there's nothing lost but a would-be relationship that apparently wouldn't be um that's um and that's where it ended which is so odd to me because i've um i think i read an x-men the all-female team with rogue storm psylocke jubilee and her baby shogo and oh m monet st croix this was right before secret wars so i had that's the thing when i returned to comics i came back right before secret wars so i was reading several books that once secret wars hit they were deleted so i um never focused too much on there but i want to say roxy appeared in in that all-female book because she got into it with a girl they got the fighting and it was later revealed that roxy had a crush on that girl and the girl didn't reciprocate her crush but roxy didn't do anything but let it be known that she had a crush on the girl she didn't kiss her she didn't um send her a love letter or anything and i think the girl was disgusted or embarrassed and that caused a fight between them and that's the last that i've heard of this character and i don't want to say oh you need to use her more where she at because she may very well be in the marvel universe now being produced in some book i don't see her in anything that i'm reading um i want to give marvel the benefit of the doubt and hope that they are using her um i actually will reserve my judgment because at the time of this recording resurrection the 7x books the resurrection line has not been released i think that's in april and with generation x being slated to be one of the books in the resurrection line generation x is going to be a story about mutants at a school in the marvel universe but mutants with um abilities that don't make them uh powerhouses on the battlefield people who have probably minor things like maybe their nails can grow real long or they can fly a little bit people who don't have the defensive um power set like a Jean Grey like a Colossus like a Cyclops um and with that being said Rocky Roxy would be one of the a good candidate to show up in that book so before I go on my rant about how they need to use her in the Marvel Universe and they're they're sliding her and they're missed opportunity all that is true but I don't want to um jump the gun when she could possibly um appear in there but all that aside I think that her storyline and her um her overall arc from start to finish or start to present i think needs to be uh needs to be needs to be seen because i um when i first opened the book and i saw roxy in there i had no idea she was african-american like because her she's presented as this stone rock form there's nothing that says this is a black girl and she's not written by black women or men she's not drawn by black women or men it so she to me looks just like every other character who um who doesn't present as human so for me to later find out that no roxy washington is actually a black girl that blew my mind there's no indicators that she's black and i'd like to believe that if mutants were a real thing people of color no matter what will find a way to embrace and kind of um manipulate their things to 
to to suit them well much like anybody does but you can't tell me that a hispanic mutant who is i don't know green skin won't find a way to embrace their hispanic culture you can't tell me that an asian mutant who maybe appears to be nothing but water or can turn into water won't find a way to incorporate even if not nothing but in clothing their own culture so for this black girl who is from a one of the richest aspects of black culture being hip-hop doesn't find a way to present that or present her culture through her stone form because every time i see her she's wearing one of the x-men uniforms or the school uniform or and then there's been occasional times where she's worn regular clothes but i'm like what the hell is this there's no headphones there's no uh clothing that says anything there's all of there is no infusion of this girl's actual community or aesthetic into the character herself the very fact that i've been back in the comics for about maybe four years now and I've gone through and I've read a lot of back issues and I've come across this character several times just in passing and had no indication that this woman was black that's a problem and it's not about relying on stereotypes but I'm sure an Irish person reading a book can pick up on certain cues if there's an Irish person writing and illustrating an Irish character just like someone just from the 80s if they read a comic book now and someone is wearing a shirt that is a band from the 80s maybe not even a main um um a-list or band but maybe some i don't know c-list group that didn't make it too far you would recognize that oh that's you know the so-and-so the potatoes or whatever you would notice oh that's the so-and-so group i remember them from when i was in eighth grade back in the 80s and i feel like that's another thing that is um where we fail um in these comics was in the big two not in a lot of indie stuff but there's so much that could be done even when these characters are um kind of side characters or they play kind of a background role in these x books there are still ways to let these characters be known and be shown their importance instead of just slapping on a shirt with a big X on it and calling it a day. There's especially when, especially again, especially when you have characters of color. Now, when it comes to white characters, it's whatever, because that's 90% of what you see anyways. But when you do have a black character, when you do have an Asian character, when you have a Mexican character and you have a character of color, a Muslim or whatever, even if they're in the background, there should be importance placed on this being a distinctive feature of that character. Yes, they're mutants. Yes, they're in the comic book. Yes, they're at a school. Yes, they're fighting giant robots or whatever. But there is important, I feel to have these visual cues that are not stereotypical like if there is a muslim character and she has a hijab on that's not a stereotype that's what some muslim women wear so but that's a visual cue where i can pick up on like oh okay this character is more than likely muslim and even if it is a stereotype when it comes down to it these are mainly the x books are mainly focused at children you have children reading these books even if that's stereotypical to put a hijab on a woman or to put something that denotates um hip-hop or some other aspect of african african-american culture 
I think it's still important to put subtleties in there like that because you pick up on things like that. Even though Storm has white hair, me being a kid, I knew her skin was brown. So when I saw the change that they were making to her, like in the movies where she's extremely light skinned, that bothered me. I'm an adult now. I can deal with that. It's whatever. But knowing that she is an African woman who has this rich, dark skin, even though her eyes are blue and her hair is white, that's still something that was important that shaped how I view comics now. And it's like, um, I don't know. I guess it's just enough to just create a character and let that be that. But I don't think so. I don't think so. And yes, it's you don't have to be a black man to write a black male character a black woman to write a black woman character and asian man to write an asian male character but the fact of the matter is there's not a lot out there so why don't you you know it's um i think it's doing a disservice when you have a character such as rocky roxy who doesn't present as human she presents as mutant but she has so many layers to her and they don't get explored. Where's the miniseries or where's the Netflix series or where's the television series or the movie that focuses on Roxy and her origins? Let Give me this Daddy Libido's rise to fame, how him and her mother met, how she was conceived you know her childhood growing up as an african-american girl then making that switch during puberty to become a mutant being so visually different give me that coming of age story about this black girl who was essentially hip-hop royalty much like a lot of the young kids we see now the blue ivies the northwest the royalties like give me the story about how this woman who has grown up in the privilege of hip-hop elites has such a drastic physical change when we all know that in entertainment and specifically in hip-hop a woman's beauty is kind of her um her 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 money her worth and not not to say worth that women aren't worth more than their beauty but when you look at a lot of um videos and a lot of uh propaganda and a lot of just content that's thrown at you it's usually more times than not you have to look a certain way even if you're a thicker woman if you're short if you're tall skinny whatever there's this aesthetic that goes along with hip-hop that she no longer has so you've grown up this privileged black girl in this particular community and then that privilege is stripped away yes you're still talented which is clearly shown because she kept straight a's and kept top marks in the xavier institute but with your looks being stripped away from you how does that affect you and your relationship with your mother who is also a woman in the hip-hop industry your relationship with your father who um more times than not it's always the overbearing father who has the shotgun protecting his daughter like does this change the way that they see her um were they disgusted by her did they embrace her did they continue on as if nothing happened like there's so much that can be done and i feel like roxy hasn't been in the hands of a person who can give an adequate story to all the holes in this rich history that she has she's only been around for a handful of years and yet she's always for me read as a white woman at a school for mutants when that's one of the things that um that is an issue when you have people who aren't connected to the culture or not even connected to if you don't even interview if you if i'm i'm me a black man and i'm writing a supergirl comic i have 
whiteness at my disposal from TV, from comics, from movies or whatever. But what my first order of business would be would be to go talk to a white woman. You have a blonde haired blue eyed white woman. Yes, she's an alien, but she grew up here. So she's a white woman. I may have an idea for a story, but let me find the nuances to being this white woman. Like, what is it that, I don't know, white women in small town Iowa deal with on a daily basis? Does she grow up on a farm? What does a farmer deal with? It's like, I don't feel like that same care has been given to most of the characters I've discussed in the entire history of Carefree Black Nerd, but specifically this character. Hip-hop being at your fingertips in your phone on your tv on your radio hell you could walk down the street and run into somebody who's a local hip-hop artist but i don't feel like i feel like that was just a a, a aspect that they threw into her origin and never addressed again and it's just like okay she was this person and that's that um i'll stop my ramblings here but that that really bothers me that this character who was a character of color has been slighted yet again come on marvel do more with her especially when marvel has had their line of hip-hop variant covers so you're aware of hip-hop you're using it to your advantage you know you have people spending money on these covers you're smart enough to know that if i tie hip-hop to comics as black people in hip-hop have been doing since the conception of hip-hop then i'll make money but for a character who's specifically born from that genre that you're using to exploit or to get these titles sold you're not using her to her full benefit where is where's her rich backstory that's flushed out because you can use an aspect of her backstory to sell comics to sell covers but you won't use it to flesh out her character ah i think it's it's a shame it's a shame all in all at the end of the day roxy is a badass superhero she's a powerful woman she is a strong and confident character in her sexuality in her academics and in herself period i think she's a great role model to look up to there's not just the wonder womans and batmans and superman she's a very interesting character and if they can collect her stories um in some sort of omnibus or trade i'd definitely be first in line to pick that up because i think it's very important that this character is um it's such a, a great uh warrior uh, fighter and she's smart but that she's also a black woman and i think that needs to be highlighted more than it has been in her history so um that concludes this issue of carefree black nerd uh we can keep the conversation going email me twitter me instagram me email me at carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com any questions comments concerns suggestions you just want to say hey uh you enjoy this character you want to talk about her more uh tweet me carefree blurred um instagram carefree black nerd and of course as always visit the website download past issues and subscribe to future issues of carefree black nerd by visiting carefreeblacknerd.com meet me back here next week for the next installment of the carefree black nerd series and as always stay carefree stay nerdy stay geeky